Hi, Happy New Year, and welcome back to White Noise with Sky and Liana. This episode's going to be a diff. Bit. <laughs> okay, hey. Okay. This episode's going to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. This episode's going to be a bit different. We're going to talk about the films and shows that got us through the shit show that is 2020. And I don't really know where to start, and I don't think Sky does either. No, we had a whole discussion before this and we're just like, where do we go? It's just a general conversation. <laughs> just a chit-chat. It is just a chit-chat. Well, I have mentioned on like every social media platform and Sky just now that I watched Lord of the Rings a few times this year. So I think that might be a place where I start. I've noticed that anytime I'm going through a stressful period, I stick on 12 hours of Lord of the Rings. And that has happened multiple times this year. Just to distract yourself from the day. Exactly, I think it sums it all up, really. Mm-hmm. Watched it in January, watched it probably when COVID really kicked off, and I watched it last month, if that tells you how the uh, second lockdown went in the UK. I said I can't remember the last time I watched it, and I definitely haven't watched it from beginning to end all in one sitting. That I haven't had that power. I just think that's a criminal offence, in all honesty. <laughs> it really is. I'd like to say I just don't have that much time, but it's not true. <laughs> if you took like every YouTube video you watch in like one week, mm-hmm. could probably watch Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Oh, yeah, one week. You say uh, one day. <laughs> just watch too much. But in in all honesty, like Lord of the Rings, I know it's like it's been pretty overplayed over the last like what twenty years since the first one was released. I'm not quite sure of the release years. But there's a reason it's so enduring. There's a reason it won Academy Awards. It's amazing. Like, and it's, it's so groundbreaking. Yeah. And it's immersive, which was perfect this year because we both watched a lot of escapist stuff. Even if it was oh, yeah. in reality, it was escapist in nature. Mm-hmm. I think I said that like all the stuff that I put on my list of things I can remember watching because unfortunately my mind just like blanked out a lot of lockdown (laughs) probably for the best um but it's all none of it's like particularly groundbreaking it's all pretty much trash but like trash that gave me comfort and got me through (laughs) did you find you did more rewatches than original oh definitely Mm. I apart from like some of the musicals that I decided to finally watch because I'd always wanted to watch them the majority of stuff that I looked at was stuff that I watch during all of my downtime and when I'm on my own or if I've got a couple of hours to kill because it's, it's mm-hmm. easy. I'm pretty sure I people talk about it all the time that there's something about watching your comfort shows and your comfort films, even if it's like a super traumatic film because you know the plot line of it inside yeah. and out. You mm-hmm. know how it's going to end and there's just something about that comfort of it that just allows you to watch it without having yeah. to think about it too much. It's like a safety blanket. It's not it's like exactly what it is. yeah. It's not like going to the cinema and watching a thriller. It's a very <laughs> it's the complete opposite experience. I mean, my safety blanket comes from a product of my youth, even if I'm not that old. Like Liana said <laughs> about watching Lord of the Rings, I watched the Twilight Saga, <laughs> which is not as critically acclaimed. Does it have a following that's just as big? We'll have to agree to disagree there. But like, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that when I was a kid. Oh, kid however old I was when it came out like 11 to 15 old <laughs> um I remember the excitement of like them coming out in 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 the cinema and going to watch them with my friends and like also because I was so young it was so exciting going to the cinema with just my friends and not my parents even if mm. I did see two of the films of my mum <laughs> <laughs> 
um, and like the whole world's obsession with it. And like, we all joke about it now, but it was a crazy time when you think about it. Almost yeah. as crazy as this year. Well, the, <laughs> the way it consumed people. The Twilight Renaissance carried on into this year, didn't it? I've seen it like Hugely, just a yeah. huge resurgence on, especially Twitter and TikTok a bit. Mm-hmm. It's because we now live in an age of cringe. We just do. Not that that's, that's a good true. or a bad thing. Mm. But back then you were either a super mega twihard and you yeah. like deleted it out <laughs> to the world mm-hmm. or you hid it from people. Yes. Whereas now people are like, yeah, I watched it. I enjoyed it. Don't care. I don't know if that's just from growing up, but it's just like, yeah, people don't, re- I don't think, even if they still shit on it now, like I'll shit on it because mm. there obviously is so much problematic with it. Some, some of the way the ones that they were filmed, not the first one, because the first one is just an indie classic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just funny to watch them now because there's no hate. There's no hate watching them. There's mm. genuine joy. Yeah. And also we can look back on it with like an analytical lens now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can Definitely. be like, you can look back on it and be like, the first one's good. And then instead of people being like, no, they're all bad. You might like, actually, did you know that Catherine Hardwick, a woman directed the first and she got booted out by men for the rest of the films. And you can just defend that's such it. That's a big thing though. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. I think. Like, was it recently that those interviews happened? Maybe where Catherine Hardwick happened, that might have helped this recent resurgence. Possibly. I remember watching, so when I watched them, because I was that kid who bleated it out to the world, like I think Liana remembers, I used to have a bright yellow bag that said, (laughs) I read books about teenage vampires, deal with it. I was that Amazing. Um... And so I, I watched pretty much all of the films when they came out on DVD with commentary as well. <laughs> and like the first one's just, it's just so funny because I think the commentary is with Robert Pattinson <laughs> and Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. And even, even that, so that commentary would have been recorded around the time the film was being released. Even mm. then they were picking it apart and making fun mm. of it and realising that Which, it wasn't this super but, serious, deep romance film. And then it makes me sad because it's, is it that they were just self-aware or is it that they felt they had to pick it apart because, and mock it because they couldn't enjoy it? Because, you know, like Robert Pattinson has done the same thing that audiences have done. He mm-hmm. would like, made this film, hate it, 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 love it. He's like reclaimed yeah. it again. Like he was, for so long, he was like, fuck his film, it ruined my life. Not that extreme, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he obviously I think- <laughs> And now he's like, well, it got me where I am. I think it was just a case of because like they were they were so young when they did it yeah and yeah it was during an age when like they like both of the actors like were getting big because of this film mm. and then can you can you imagine doing something that you were genuinely proud of yeah and then most of the critique you get even from people that claim to like it were telling you that your acting is so bad it's sad the storyline is so bad, but you're putting your all into it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just because you put your all into something doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily groundbreaking. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I can, I can, I can understand that. I think part of it is just people mock the stuff that teenage girls love. But it's hilarious to me because lots of films which are like made for teenage girls to this day remain massive comfort films for so many yeah, people. Hugely. I'll like, put um, Angus Long's and Perfect Snoggy in that category. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a stupid film, but like it's hilarious. Yeah, of course. Like I, uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Things like, say, uh, Legally Blonde, which I know a lot of people watched this year because I kept seeing it all over social media again, um, especially for myself. It 
it would have come out, been a success, and then people just denounced it for years and it got popular again. It feels like what's happened in the last few years is people are really embracing the things they did love, especially in 2020. Because have you seen everyone talking about how they're reverting to like their teenage interests for comfort? And that includes Twilight mm-hmm. and Legally Blonde and just lots of rom-coms. Like all I've seen is people watching things they loved when they've been put back on um say streaming services to an excessive degree like when new girl got added to netflix mid-lockdown fuck me it was chaos it was bedlam on the timeline i'm not even kidding all i saw was nick miller and i was not complaining i know we're gonna disagree on that obviously yes exactly like And it just and it spread everywhere. It was TikTok, it was Instagram, it was Twitter, it was absolutely everywhere. And it was like there was that point in time during the first lockdown in the UK and I think other countries where it felt like everyone was watching the same things. And that included yeah. New Girl, I think, for me. And um what else was that? Do you know what top- I think that was? I think it was because mm. like our generation went for comfort films and then the younger generation went and made tiktoks that's what happened yeah true but then <laughs> but i think that's why we all ended up watching the same stuff that's true actually i think i think there was a lot of creating from everyone but especially from younger people like you can't mm. deny the power of tiktok this year obviously it was already a thing oh, yeah. oh no i'm not yeah yeah i'm not like shitting on tiktok at all yeah. like, i couldn't i couldn't have the commitment to do something no. like that it's but i think it was yeah i think <laughs> A lot of us tried to take it, mm-hmm. tried to take time off, basically, because you yeah. know a lot of us weren't working. We didn't, we didn't have um, school or university or whatever, mm-hmm. so we tried to make the best of it. Unlike second lockdown, where we all just hated life. Gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the first, the first lockdown we did, we all, we all, we thought, you know what, this is happening. We were all in that rosy mindset of it's going to be done by the end of the year let's enjoy mm. the time that we have yeah um, just enjoy and i think there, like you said when people had their downtime yeah they 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 watched stuff that they knew they liked so it wouldn't be a waste of time maybe it was stuff they hadn't been able to revisit in a while because yes. like the, the, the twilight saga for me probably like you did with lord of the rings like i watched the first one in the morning and then the last one at night at the same day because it was Lovely. just i don't know there was something weirdly mm-hmm. comforting about binging them all at once one watching the progression and slight degression of Mm -hmm. each film but then also when you get to that ending of the first one which is so cheesy but like at the same time it gives you the same emotion you had when you were in the cinema and the last film had come out and you were like what do i do with my life now yeah well it's just so like passionate (laughs) isn't it i think a lot Mm. of people were missing that during lockdown as well so that's why everyone was watching like romances and shit because they weren't getting that connection and that intensity. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. Both like physical say, and mental connection. <laughs> exactly. So that's why, yeah, like you say, you were watching Twilight. I was watching New Girl. I watched a lot of romance this year, which will be no surprise to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but romance has been a staple of 2020. With me, romance has always been a staple. I'm yeah. a huge romantic and I always mm. have been. But so like one of my favourite films that I did rewatch during lockdown, I rewatch probably every month is Moulin Rouge. Mm. I love it. I know it's super campy. I know that it has, well, actually I only recently found out that a lot of people don't like it. I yeah. thought it was like a I, film that people either 
loved or didn't really care about but there are some people that genuinely hate it i know i didn't know and that I was like, Ooh. um but i again it's it's a comfort film for me and i think it comes from like so when i first ever saw it i was really really young i can't i think the film came out in like 2001 mm-hmm. so i think however old i was around those years um i was being babysat by a family friend who's actually i was really close to um and i'd had like a nightmare or something so i came out and sat in the living room with her and she was watching it and it was nicole kidman scene on the trapeze yeah and then you know even back then my little gay brain was just like wow <laughs> It's amazing <laughs> Nicole Kidman um, but then for years because I didn't know what because she, she then I got sent back to bed like at the end of the song and for years I, I couldn't figure out I didn't know what the film was mm. I didn't even I don't know why I didn't think about asking the girl that was babysitting me but um and then I think maybe when I was in secondary school it was on tv one day and I was like oh my god this is it this is the <laughs> film and then from then it, it's just been one of my favorite films <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, I've always loved musicals as well, which is another thing I really delved into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just like, it mm-hmm. brings me so much comfort. No matter how tragic it is, yeah. it brings me comfort. These films do though, like the ones which are just like linked to you as a person, which I would definitely say with you and Moulin Rouge, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what genre they are, they'll just bring you comfort. It could be like the darkest horror film in the world, but if it's you, mm-hmm. you just love it every single time. I, um, I I find it funny hearing you say like you randomly saw a bit from the film and then you rediscovered it years later. That's the exact same thing that happened to me with Akira. I my I remember I just had this memory for years and years of um some random film. When I was a kid I didn't know what anime was. I'm just thinking animated thing. Didn't remember mm-hmm. it being in Japanese. All I remembered was the visual and it was the bit in Akira when Kay the girl gets her shirt ripped off and I was like traumatized by this one scene because even that young, I didn't know what like that kind of stuff was. Like that was, it was just horrifying. That's all I remembered. It was stuck in my brain. But I remember loving the colours, even though what I was seeing was like grotesque. And then years later on Tumblr, I see like a gift set from Akira. I'm like, that looks familiar. Went to HMV, buy the DVD because like they used to have that puny little anime section. And I just saw this cover I was like that's a fucking film from Tumblr watched it saw the scene that I had been remembering for years and it just it was like a just like a switch went off I was like this is amazing it's weird it just connects it connects that memory and then that film exactly because like I have so many comfort memories with that film anyway Mm -hmm. but then it also reminds me of that moment where I first saw it and just the ridiculousness of it stuck with me for so long for some reason yeah but then it's 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 kind of gorgeous isn't it like having a scene stick with you when you didn't even know what the film was I think there's something to be said for that. But then on the opposite side of it, another one of my comfort films is Rocky Horror. If you can't mm. tell already, I love musicals. <laughs> Just do. Um, but I didn't watch Rocky Horror until I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think the other day, I was like, why didn't I watch it sooner? Because my parents have always loved it. I'm pretty sure they would have mentioned it at some point. I would have heard the soundtrack. And then I remembered why. It was because me and my dad were watching Glee. Mm-hmm. And the Rocky Horror Glee episode came on and I was like listening to the, the music in it and I was like oh my god this is, is kind of cool and on the storyline the, the very briefness they talked about the storyline of it because let's be honest Rocky Horror has no exact linear storyline <laughs> um and my dad just turned to me and he was like have you like you've seen this right it's like no mm-hmm. and then he showed me and again it was another film that was just like take off from there mm-hmm. I did the exact <laughs> same thing watched after yeah. Glee 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a weird experience watching it that way round. And, but the, and yeah, I never remember it as like, I think of Glee when I watch it, yeah. which is weird. I like, do with yeah. like, touch, touch, touch me, just because that's so iconic in the Glee episode. True, true. I think maybe because <laughs> I hadn't, um, I hadn't really properly seen, we just happened to have watched that episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of Glee, Glee's another thing. <laughs> just about to say, I really <laughs> of, of stuff. <laughs> so I had only ever seen, I think maybe the first season when it first came out on uh, TV, you know, during a time where streaming wasn't a thing. <laughs> and then it went on Netflix for ages. I tried to watch it. I tried, but it was just mm-hmm. like, I think maybe because I was past that era of finding it a comfort thing. Yeah. Because true. it had already been out for so long and all my knowledge came from people taking the piss out of it. And I would basically get to the, like, Acafella's episode and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but then I decided to push past it during lockdown because I had so much time on my hand. And yeah, I ended up liking it, which is a big surprise because, again, I love musicals. I love campy stuff. It <laughs> was so hilarious was. to me to hear that you hadn't watched it before. Not I fully, think, because it's so you. I think it just came from the fact that... Um, because it wasn't just on demand for me to watch mm. when I was younger. I had to have watched it on TV. True. And I think we had the same discussion before when I told you about when I was, so I'm like rewatching Heroes right now. Yes. And when I was younger, the reason I never got to finish it is because I watched it when it first came out. I got grounded one week, wasn't allowed to watch it, missed that episode. And then I couldn't continue because there was nowhere <laughs> for me to catch up with it. I remember I the days same... of weekly TV. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, so I, I think it was the same thing with Glee. I watched, mm. yeah, the first season when it came out. And then after that, I just kind of forgot about it until I think I started getting into the world of social media more. And, you yes. know, it's one of those things that just lives there. Yes, it's like Glee lingers. That's the mm-hmm. best way I could describe it in that you don't see these diehard stands. Like you do if you look, but they're mm-hmm. not everywhere. Like, you know, Ariana Grande ones are. But what you do find the odd Fred on twitter yeah, from like a stand account that blows up you know like most out of pocket glee moments and they just make you cry like they're so it's funny the most ridiculous show i've oh. ever watched and it's one of those things i don't know if they did it intentionally I, I imagine they would have done because obviously they would have had to have gained an audience but it does get more ridiculous as it goes on mm-hmm. and i think we discussed one time the final season and i was just mm. sending you snaps and i was like what what is going on so ridiculous this is no semblance to reality at all anymore but that was great for lockdown because Mm. the world no longer had a semblance to reality we were all stuck in this point in time and it was almost like the perfect show to watch for it yeah there's this oh how would i explain it it's almost like it's not like a screwball comedy it's Mm -hmm. it's like glee almost feels weirdly fucking surreal in the first (laughs) season in particular this it's like it exists in its own world that you've got these mm-hmm. characters in this space and nothing mm-hmm. outside that town exists. It's it's like exactly. a musical. It is you... like a musical in its setting. And like that there's something so comforting about that. And it kind of loses that later on. Yeah, it does. You, like, you fully accept what's happening in it and you don't yeah. question it because yeah, like you said, it's happening in the context of a musical. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, as, as it goes further on, it's yeah, it is just like that. Yeah. And like it, I found like the first two seasons um were so comforting during lockdown mm-hmm. and then when I, so I got to like the beginning of season three I was like nah because it didn't have that anymore that's when it starts to like it's scale yeah just don't push back, don't watch the last season no way never it. It, never it's mental like <laughs> it's mental like to anyone who has watched it the only one I can really the scene in my head that's sticking out right now is like the Sue saw scene in the elevator 
I was like, what? I was in tears when you sent me that Snapchat. It's happening. (laughs) I was like, what the? (laughs) Although it's so funny watching it now because at the time, obviously I didn't know who Ryan Murphy was or anyone who was involved in it. But now now I do. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) I used to think to myself, I used to think, like if when I was watching American Horror Story, I'd be like, I can't believe the same guy that did Glee did American Horror Story and then I watched Glee and I'm like oh wait actually <laughs> it's just the camp isn't it they are quite similar yeah what what kills me is that like despite how much free time I had this year and how many films and shows I got through I didn't re-watch American Horror Story no neither do I I'm mm. actually re-watching it now Ooh. kind of me and a friend are re-watching it like over um the internet <laughs> I don't remember I think we're using Cena? Skype to watch it oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah um but even we're watching it, we're kind of like, maybe we should just skip to the episodes that we I want to watch. Do you think that that was a particular point in time? Like, mm-hmm. more than other stuff? Because things like New Girl and Glee, I've been able to rewatch and enjoy. But rewatching American Horror Story, painful. Genuinely painful. Yeah, it is. It's being more self aware of it now. And yes. There's just, I think. The first season is probably the easiest to watch because well, I say the easiest. I know obviously some horrible stuff happens in it, but because there weren't like standard tropes, there wasn't repeated trauma that happens in all the seasons. It was kind mm. of forgivable to an extent. And then when mm. you watch the rest of them and you realize that they're all basically the same, they all have nearly the same trauma. They all, it's just, it's too much. It becomes so excessive, doesn't it? Yeah. And just gross. I, um, I I would like to say I watched more campy stuff this year, but it really was just, um, oh, well, like a lot of romance. And like I said to you earlier, a lot of world cinema mm-hmm. and like the fusion of those was in the mood for love. And I won't shut up about that fucking film. And I have never been as angry as when a few months ago, my sister was like, oh, you're always posting about in the mood for love. And I just said to her, yeah, I think it's my favourite film now. And she was like, oh yeah, I watched it in first year of uni and I thought it was okay. I'm like, but you never told me about this fucking film. Like, I could have watched this film years ago and you never fucking told me. She was like, eh. <laughs> so but you, you have to think about maybe it came to you at the right time. Oh, it 100% did because I'm there pining during lockdown. That became a thing, didn't it? Everyone's tweeting yeah. about pining. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like lying there one night. Well, what should I watch? Oh, I'll finally watch this. Tears, man. Tears at like 2 a.m. <laughs> and I'm not, I've said to you, I, I can't go bed late. I'm not an mm-hmm. early sleeper, but I'm not the kind of person who but oh, 3 a.m. When I was tweet- seeing people tweet about their like lockdown sleep schedules, I was horrified. I need some routine in my life. So for me to like go to sleep at 2 a.m. was like insane to me. I was like, oh, this is naughty. And I think that kind of helped. Like the quiet of the night with my earphones in, watching it. It was just mm-hmm. like this little cushioned world for me, you know, think, away from the rest of the world. That, that whilst the feeling of isolation during lockdown was quite horrible, there were mm-hmm. times, like you said, when you were just in your room with your headphones on, with your laptop on, yeah. and you were watching something and you just felt so cut off from the world, but yes. not in a lonely way. Like you were with all the characters you knew, characters that you love, mm. with a storyline you knew like the back of your hand. Was there any highlight you had? Like uh, any viewing experience which you felt was improved by that? 
I don't know. There's definitely stuff that I think maybe I wouldn't have felt the same way if I wasn't completely cut off from the world. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned to you before, there's this film I came across on Netflix that I don't know if it has a following. I don't know how big it is. I've just never heard of it before. And it was an Australian film called Holding the Man. Mm-hmm. And it was based on a true story of these two guys following their relationship during the rising of the AIDS pandemic. And I've watched it a few times since. And I can't explain why... I enjoy watching it so much because it is a really horrible story, um, especially knowing that it really did happen. But there were just certain scenes in it I thought, oh, this is like, I don't know, it just like touched a place in my heart. Like there was this one scene of um, one of the main characters, he had come out to his parents, they had pretty much shunned him. Mm-hmm. And then he was at his sister's wedding and his dad just came up to him and took him to dance on the dance floor like any parent would with their child. and. I just thought it was really cute. And there was just a couple of scenes like it in the film. But had I watched it whilst I was like between 10 hour shifts, I I don't know. Would I have enjoyed it as much? I don't know. But there was just something about the isolation Mm -hmm. um, when I was watching it that, yeah, it just stuck with me. It does. It creates its own space. And it just, um, how do I explain? It just felt like you had no distractions to interrupt mm-hmm. you in a viewing experience so you could feel everything more intensely. Whilst it isn't quite the cinema, it's almost more intimate because, like we're saying, like because your whole family would be home, you're probably watching it in your bedroom, maybe with your earphones in. Yeah. It's a very tight little space. And just like looking at my letterbox diary a sec <laughs> to try and find not just the ones I watched in 2020, but in that specific time frame of the first lockdown and i'm trying to find like the best i really think that one that really fucked me up was the lodge have you seen Mm, that i haven't seen it but i have heard of it possibly from you actually yeah that was that was another one where it was you know lights off in my bedroom earphones in fucking horrifying i do recommend it for anyone listening um definitely worth the hype in my opinion um bit of controversy around it but i think you need to watch it to make up your own mind um, so Sky, I really do recommend it to you in particular because I think oh, you'll have a lot of lockdown three. I'll put it on my list. Oh hell yeah! I think <laughs> I think oh, I don't know if you'll really enjoy it, but I know you'll have opinions. That's always which fun. I appreciate. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here we go. So basically, um, March was a lot of like thrillers from mm-hmm. the looks of it. Um, then April was a bit of a mixed bag. I watched things like In the Mood for Love and Society apparently on the same day have you ever seen society i haven't no oh that's um, a 1980s body horror film about um a boy who finds out his family his rich family belong to this like society you can tell that there's some uh social commentary here um where they all just like morph bodies and gangbang and like his parents and his sister and everyone's involved in it and there's literally this bit where he's like his dad is involved in the orgy and he's like calls his son an asshead and his head comes out his ass and like all this stuff it's mental it's oh my god (laughs) and from the looks of it i watched that and in the move for love on the same day were you okay no (laughs) (laughs) and then i think by june i must have been fed up because by the looks of it i was watching more rom-coms and funny stuff i watched um Booksmart and Crybaby and When Harry Met Sally. Oh my god, Crybaby! I watched. What a oh, film! I forgot what about it. I, I got watched it until my, my friend to watch it as well. What a film! Until it was on Netflix, I d- hadn't ever seen it. I'd only oh. ever seen like 
the image mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and I was like, what the fuck? I actually just thinking about it now, there was this one day that me and a friend watched watched Cry Baby and I think Brokeback Mountain back to back. That's just like day. But it, it was Sky Day. Yeah, I think I was in control of the films. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was because I'd I'd watch Crybaby on my own and then I I needed somebody else to see it. I think I I might have messaged you whilst I was watching it because I was like, have you ever seen this? This is mental. What is this film? That must have been before I saw it. Or was it? When was that? <sighs> during the first lockdown, that's all I can remember. Everything I watched I watched it during the first lockdown too. I'm just trying to think if. Did you watch it because I messaged you? No, definitely not. I think I might have watched it and you. It must have been so close in time because probably. I, think I mean, I we do have very like-minded film tastes i was gonna say we'd go scrolling and see new releases and probably click on the mm-hmm. same ones i think it was just obviously because of who was in it and the fact that i'd heard so much about it that i watched it and oh that's God, it was just not what i thought it was gonna be yeah <laughs> it was, same it it's, not, it's, it's funny though because i knew it's john waters but i'd never mm-hmm. actually watched a john waters film before i just know he's critically mm-hmm. acclaimed for being well not critically acclaimed i'd say he's a cult classic for being a fucking mm-hmm nutter let's be real camp nutter but like don't get me wrong fuck johnny depp all the way (laughs) like asshole but this was like during the peak of like johnny deppdom you know what i mean deppdom (laughs) (laughs) i think the most surprising thing with that film for me it was a musical wasn't it yes yeah i I, I couldn't remember if it was a musical if it just had music in because there Mm. is a difference and I think I was watching it, and again, I was just like, oh my god, how have I never heard of this? How have I never, well, obviously so I've heard of it, but like, how have I never heard about what it was? I think my parents never tell me to watch it, considering yeah. they got me to watch crap, it's, like, it, yeah. It's something I could imagine you and me having loved in college. Yeah, this is why I think I messaged you, because I was like, how have we not watched this? I know, I, we need, seriously, when this shit is over, if it's ever over, we need to get pissed and watch Crybaby. We really do. I'm down. I'm oh, due yeah. a rewatch. I need the to watch songs, it for the third time. What I loved is it's a musical where like the songs they're catchy but they're not stupidly. I don't no, know they're not. They they can't be because I've seen it twice now and I actually can't remember any of the songs in yeah. it. Yeah, I I remember the one where she's like stood on the car singing to him in jail. <laughs> And um, the standout oh, scene for me was when yeah. he's like, cry baby. And he's like, my parents in the electric chair. No, 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 the alphabet killer, but he couldn't spell some shit like that. And he like, rips open his t-shirt. And like the, I, I think the first time I watched that film was the best. Yeah, like, same. <laughs> because I couldn't tell, because I literally knew nothing about the film. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't tell if this is meant to be serious or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it just teetered that line of like, this is so funny, but like, am I laughing because it's actually funny? Or am I laughing because, is this meant to be serious? Am I meant well, to be taking this seriously? Well, like, have you ever seen John Waters? You take, think, no, you take one so. look at John Waters and you know that film is not safe. <laughs> be taken seriously i mean i think i got to a point in the film and i knew but yeah. there was just certain parts and also because the era it came out i was just like this Brilliant. could this could have been meant to have been a serious film i love that it's released in 1990 so it's like that yeah. sweet spot you know <laughs> that, like 1989 to 1991 those films are just like <laughs> perfect oh man i Seriously, I think the cheesy films that I watched this year were my favourites. Like, I also watched Cruel Intentions for the first time. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that film? <laughs> have you ever seen it? I have, yeah. Jesus Christ. No one told me it was incest. 
no one. Everyone's like, Sarah Michelle, everyone's like, Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle Gellar looks so hot in it. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch. And then it's like her and her stepbrother seducing each other. I was yep. horrified, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah. But <laughs> I have watched it two or three times this year. So obviously I enjoy it. Oh, wow. I think I've only actually seen it once. I and suggest a, a rewatch. Okay. Should we add that? <laughs> we'll watch Cruel Intentions and Cry Baby back to back on the same time. Yes. Just, just these like cheesy 90s films, man. You can't top mm-hmm. them. Um, cruel in, uh, not I said cruel intentions. Miss Congeniality. I watched it yep. for the first time recently. Fucking banger! What a film! I was watching it with my sister, and she goes to me, "Yeah, I know you want that." <laughs> She's like the makeover, the sassy man in your life, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it could happen. Manifesting for twenty twenty one. I am. Yes, exactly. We're mm-hmm. looking ahead. We're eyes on the prize. <laughs> become an FBI think... agent and join a beauty pageant <laughs> <laughs> you mentioning like just watching like rom-coms and basically stuff that's just easy to consume yeah. I really started watching K-dramas again during lockdown Fuck, yeah. oh the obsession began again like we've spoken about before like me and Leanna both had a K-drama obsession when we were younger <laughs> and I think it just came back because mm. again, when we when we were in school, because it was so long ago, there wasn't there wasn't like streaming services that you could watch this kind of stuff. So you had to find it like on the dark web, <laughs> not quite, but you get you get my drift. Um, so it, it was just difficult to watch, and I like I started watching stuff then, and then when I started watching more stuff on Netflix, and I realized they had a whole section for it. Mm-hmm. And better yet, it was the stuff that I had watched when I was a teenager. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this so is fun. great. Just consumed hours upon hours of it. Which did you watch? So one of the, <laughs> one of the ones, so I, I, I rewatched Pinocchio because that was the first one you ever told me to watch. <laughs> oh my God. Just quickly, before you move on to the rest of the list, my sister had never seen the whole thing. We watched one episode together. She's like, "Is what? And like, I could see the cogs turning. She's like, I've not seen this. I said to Holly, for context, my sister is hugely into K-pop and just like K-dramas and all that jazz. Um, she's dipping her toe back in, by which I mean her whole leg. And um, so <laughs> she's just cannonballing it. Yeah, she pretty much is. Um, you know she tried to push that shit down for years it came back but um she didn't try that hard but basically <laughs> we were watching the first episode and she's noticing things like i remember this i remember that i'm like because you've watched it <laughs> she was in denial but she was so absorbed it's like she'd never seen it and mm-hmm. it's so like as you'll know it is such an iconic storyline it really is it's so and although it's cheesy that first episode is fucking traumatic the thing is, though, we've had this discussion before. There's just something about K dramas where they just get away with so much. <laughs> yeah. It's almost on kind of like the same way we were talking about Glee for like the first few seasons, how it got away with doing so much stuff that was just outside the world of reality because it made sense inside itself. Yes, it had its, its own universal rules. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same with K dramas. They do crazy stuff. Like for anybody who hasn't seen it, which I actually possibly imagine is a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio has like such a crazy storyline and like one of the things is it in it isn't even the main storyline but there's this disease that exists within this universe called the Pinocchio disease which is that you hiccup if you lie and, and it sounds ridiculous but it works so well and it's it's fundamental to the storyline like it's a plot Usually. it's yeah. a plot tool isn't it? it but it's only part of it yeah, oh my god it's fucking brilliant um so there was there was that one 
for me because I saw it on there and then it started the rest of it. There's one that I watched a few times and it's like the whole he's holding the man situation. I can't um, say why I liked it so much, but I watched... Um, I think it has a few titles. It's either called He's So Beautiful or You're Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually stars the same girl who's in Pinocchio. I forgot to tell you that. Parks and Hugh. Yeah, yeah she, she's in it. And again, crazy storyline. She has to, she's a nun, but she has a twin brother and she has to pretend to be him and be in a band because Shut her brother's getting like up. eyelid surgery. Shut up. And obviously the hijinks that ensue, it's so, it's different to Pinocchio in the sense that I think it might be older and it's a lot more ri- ridiculous in it. They like, are, the older ones are crazy. Extremely ridiculous, like mm. the sound effects and the animation mm. bits that they put into it and just the storylines. <laughs> I love the fact that every single K-drama ends with just this still of two people, like they're just frozen <laughs> in time. I just, That's I like, just love Yeah, it. but it's not even like the show ends of that. It's like every episode. <laughs> every, no, said every single episode. It's it just... Uh, <sighs> so that's one I watched a lot. <laughs> Did you ever I don't get, know why. Did you ever get round to um, It's Okay Not To Be Okay? I'm not sure. Oh, because that one like literally crossed boundaries. Like, as in people that don't watch K-dramas have been watching that one. I'm you really not sure. I mean? it's, it sounds familiar. It's, it's, um, it's about a children's writer with antisocial personality disorder. So she's like a dick. She makes kids cry and she's like a famous children's writer. And she's super classy and glamorous. She owns this old like haunted house and she's mm-hmm. obsessed with this man and his brother's autistic and she hires the autistic brother to work for her because he's obsessed with her books. And so like he doesn't say no. And then the brother's like, no, stop trying to steal my brother. And then she's like, you're sexy, be mine. I'm being dead serious. She's like, I like you. And he's like, go away, you're crazy. And she's like, you're sexy. Like that is literally the storyline. <laughs> I've know, not I haven't seen it, but I have a feeling it's on my list. It is so, so like <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Like it has those mm. silly moments, like all gay dramas. But then when it's tender, it is fucking tragic. Like their chemistry is genuinely believable. Mm-hmm. I find the problem with some K dramas as with any show really is the chemistry is so forced yeah it really is. yeah they'll pick like the really popular actors or actresses of that year mm-hmm. and force them together like almost like classic hollywood era that's what it makes yeah. me think of it like, oh we both work for mgm stick them in a classic that kind of thing and it just doesn't work whereas mm-hmm. the, this one does highly recommend i yeah i think it's definitely probably on my list because one thing that lockdown did for me is I don't know why, but I've had Netflix for ages, but I never used the list function, mm. which probably hence why I didn't watch stuff that often because obviously I would see something, think, oh yeah, I'll watch that. Didn't add it to my list and then would quite obviously forget yeah. about it. But then when I realized how many K dramas were on Netflix, oh hell yeah, the beginning of my list is full of them because I was like, and loads of them have the same storylines. Like another one that I watched um, was called, I think it's called Secret Garden. And mm-hmm. it was about these two people. Again, it was a love story. But the twist in that is that I can't remember why, but for some reason they kept switching bodies. <laughs> and it was just really funny. Wait, a man and a woman? Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds like your name. It was <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I I think I think it was it was a similar thing. But it was just it was so weird because for so long that wasn't even the point of the series. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was the synopsis for it. But it didn't happen to a point where I rewatched it. I forgot it even happened. 
was so weird. <laughs> to be fair, that happens for me with your name. Have you ever seen it? I know. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Again, I... It's another one that I feel like I've heard either because you've told me about it or I have mm. heard about it, but I've not seen it. Hadn't watched it in forever. Watched it again this year. Forgetting a lot. Like, I was remembering, like, the basic plot beats without, like, the tragic tug at the heartstrings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck my life. I was in bits. I had, like, an anime binge due to external forces and mm. i was just like oh my god like the reawakening i've had this year is unfathomable let's put it that way so like i've always been like okay fine i can be a bit of a weeb i hate the word because like the people that happily call themselves that are weird mm. but um yeah like i don't know always been super into a lot of like east asian media i mean we're talking about k-dramas bunch that's korea boo mm-hmm. but you know weeb's like an umbrella term almost yeah but yeah this year found myself re-watching k-dramas uh anime lots of japanese films i used to like, like battle royale and all can't stop mm-hmm. and it's it, it's that's the full-on escapism isn't it like something that's just true. completely different to your own experience i was absorbed into the world of k-dramas i think i only watched one anime this year though mm. um which was it <laughs> Parasite. Oh fuck yeah! It got added to Netflix, didn't it? <laughs> it did. I'm rewatching it again now. <laughs> what a fucking show, though. It's just weirdly emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got so attached to it, but again, so it was one of those things where, like, I would like. So one of the cute things that happened like that was me and my sister hang out, hung out a lot. Cute. We were both off work, and I just remember going up to her room and just sitting on my laptop and watching it while she was like on Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's really sweet. That bonding time, being little, little uh, weebs, mm-hmm. <laughs> Animal Pretty Crossing much. and anime. <laughs> Pretty much. I also introduced her to Community, which mm. was my biggest accomplishment during lockdown because she'd never mm-hmm. seen it, and I was like, "You're gonna love it. Who doesn't love it?" Obviously, everybody just ignores season six and to an extent season five. But she, yeah, she loved it. So that was fun to watch together. So I was saying to you before that it was really nice because I got her to watch it or I got to rewatch it. And rewatching it with somebody else who's enjoying it is almost like watching it for the first time again. Yes, definitely. But we watched it in time for the live table reading that we didn't even know was happening. Yeah, didn't <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, you did. And and I was like, yeah, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is this is happening right now. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, Sasha, you won't like you won't believe it. Mm-hmm. And we got to watch that together, which was really cool as well. Mm-hmm. So that was that was another thing that I I think I would have ended up watching on my own again anyway because it's oh, another definitely. comfort show I go back to. That and was beautiful a- ones where you can just skip from episode to episode. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, that was a big rewatch show this year as well. I think mm-hmm. there was just a handful of things that everybody was watching. Um, mm-hmm. Community. And then that was why it was so perfect that the table read happened because everyone was like primed for it. Mm-hmm. So it was community, um, like I've already said a million times, New Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other ones? So if you, everyone watched Normal People, everyone watched Normal People. I didn't. Because you're crazy. But, <laughs> <True>. um, <laughs> um, there are a few others. I've actually seen a lot of people that have rewatched Futurama. Oh, yeah. You were saying that to me the other day, actually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, brilliant rewatch right Mm -hmm. now very endearing after like some time away from it you can kind of forget about the silly references which it kind of fell for in later seasons like simpsons did and just kind of see the heart at the first few seasons that's the beauty of a rewatch you're not thinking about those shitty later seasons you're so 
absorbed in what it was. It's like I feel like if I rewatched Game of Thrones now, I'd be fucking like on the floor because you remember. Do you know what I mean? You remember the later stuff, mm-hmm. the more recent. I think stuff. the great things of rewatches as well, though, is that you don't have to watch it all. Mm. You can skip the episodes that you don't like. You can not watch it up until the end. Yeah. Like with Community, the only reason we watched it until the end is because my sister hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have bothered watching it. And then next time, it'll probably just be like the first few seasons. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do with Community. I watch like two, maybe three. I mean, I watch maybe. like all the paintball episodes. Oh, of course. I, I like yeah. <laughs> I realized the other day, I when I watch New Girl, I don't watch New Girl. I watch New Girl season two. Because that's like that's like all the Nick and Jess. Sounds like a T-shirt. No, literally, it's not even funny. Like, like, like what's your favorite romantic novel? I'm like New Girl season two. <laughs> it's a classic, and I, it takes me back to being 16 and mm-hmm. maybe TMI, but incredibly hormonal, and just like the passion, like the chemistry mm-hmm. between those two actors. You can't, like, you'd be an idiot to not see it. You can't deny it, can you? Mm-hmm. And so like. E- oh, just perfect television perfect television <laughs> like and i'm there skipping like a motherfucker to get to the major nick and jess <laughs> yeah. which to be fair is like every episode in season two mm-hmm. and i was there like 20 minutes before work when our work opened back up and i'm like i've got time to watch the first kiss episode <laughs> just squeeze it in <laughs> exactly squeeze in a cheeky one. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I think you said earlier that you had um you hadn't actually watched that much campy stuff this year. I, on the other hand, pretty much just only watch campy stuff. <laughs> That's not much different than me in general. True. But I realise, like, as someone who loves musicals, I get into the really bad habit, and I do this with films and TV shows as well. I'm sure a lot of other people do. That I rewatch the ones I love so much, I forget there are others out there. <laughs> Oh yes, and I did the same thing with musicals. I was rewatching Moulin Rouge. I was rewatching Rocky Horror. I was rewatching The Miz, and I just wasn't thinking there are other ones. So I decided to watch this year. I watched Kinky Boots and Phantom of the Opera like back to back, and mm-hmm. Kinky Boots was just—it was amazing. It was great. It was super campy. It was fun. I've added all the songs to my musical playlist. But the Phantom of the Opera, I can't believe I've never seen before. <laughs> See, that horrifies me because if someone asked me the fundamentals of Sky, <laughs> like, you know, the basic, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is going to sound so fucking idiotic. What's it called in the Bible? The Testaments. Like, if I had to pick things which are like oh, the okay. Testaments of Sky, Phantom would be there. It's true. And after I watched it, I realised it because I was like, oh my, I had goosebumps from the first chord. <laughs> when they showed the chandelier, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> like, so a good. bit of horror, a bit of romance, a bit, a bit of 80s, bit everything gothic. was in there. Oh, yeah, a bit god, of Andrew it Lloyd. Was just, and now, literally, I, I did the same thing during lockdown, but if I added the songs to my playlist, I was singing, like, the Phantom of the Opera and Music of the Night just around the house. Yes. And now that my girlfriend has bought me a cloak for Christmas, <laughs> it's happening. Like, I have a so big space good. in my flat. I'm just going to run through it. Uh, it. You can just get real theatrical with it now. Oh, it was just, I think it's because it was so theatrical. It was like one of the most theatrical (laughs) things I've ever seen. I was like, this is amazing. Then I made the mistake of watching the film. Did dim the light for me a bit. Wait, Gerard Butler? It was awful. Oh God. It was so horrendous. I appreciate that there's a lot you can't do in films that you can do on stage Mm -hmm. but then there's also a lot of things you can't do on stage that you can do in film and yet they still managed to pull it off so i don't know what the excuse was 
just the the the, the, um, the live production I watched of it was it was amazing. And I think I read recently that they've now officially ended the tour, mm-hmm. which killed me. Like, I just why imagine would... it's not as profitable as it would have been because now when people I would think have Phantom said so. the Opera, they mm-hmm. think opera. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't think of the like electric guitar. Plus, also of it. just going back to the diminishing year that this pandemic has given us the the live theater in general is just dying off now i really hope it gets its resurgence but it's just hanging by the threads so much it doesn't surprise me that so many shows like that that have run for so many years and can go out on a high note they are deciding to just close their doors but it's so depressing because there's so many people that just still like haven't gotten around to watching live productions and things they love i think especially people our age because we're an age now where we can well we to an extent have the money but we can go out and we can go watch these these shows yeah and do it but we can't (laughs) we're physically being bored i was thinking the other day about how much i'd love to see wicked again the music of wicked oh my christ i've only ever actually seen one show actually live and it was rocky horror and i've seen it multiple times see fuck you because that's the one i always say to people i would watch if i could (laughs) you bastard you should it's amazing (laughs) we'd have to do like a tour of all oh, these yeah. I'm not yeah I'm not gonna lie I'll go um perks of a wallflower on it I'll just do my own <laughs> <laughs> if it comes to it oh, I yeah love that. I'll be everyone <laughs> that'll be cute um question have you seen the resurgence of perks of a wallflower recently I haven't I actually only have watched the film yeah. last year oh hell. I haven't seen it well I felt old and crusty knowing that this is happening <laughs> because I've been God. getting into TikTok and I feel like an old person walking into like hot topic genuinely it's awful so i'm like they're scrolling thinking this is shit and it's just super british comedy which like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong can be very hilarious but it's just like lad jokes most yeah. of the time the more you use tiktok the more precise the algorithm gets to the point that's creepy mm-hmm. it's gotten to this point now where it's showing me stuff where i'm like i don't know if it's super specific or if it thinks i'm 16 and it's like <laughs> it's like these, it's like these kids like hanging out a car listening to heroes in a tunnel i'm just like i feel old because i'm like fuck you that's my thing like (laughs) that was my gut reaction and that's so unhealthy and so gatekeepy and it made me realize fuck me i'm old (laughs) i'm old (laughs) in in that sense yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly i was like oh my god i've become one of them (laughs) so i'm actively fighting that but yeah that's had a comeback which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff's been like coming back thanks to TikTok. It's blowing my mm-hmm. mind. Like the power of that app this year. It's it's actually blown me away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it just came around at the right time. You know, like everybody being inside and stuff at home, Perfect, and yeah. desperately needing a creative outlet. Like I think one of the things I said to you before was that as much as I, I tried to watch new films and series and stuff, if I wasn't rewatching the stuff I knew and loved. I consumed so much YouTube. It was ridiculous. And I guess, I never jumped on the the TikTok wagon, but I guess if YouTube hadn't been there, I probably would have done. I think you would have. And I think it was a similar thing that, yeah, people just all of a sudden had so much time on their hands. They didn't know what else to do, but Mm -hmm. they had all these like creative ideas going Mm -hmm. and just decided to roll with it. I think that's pretty cool. What kind of stuff were you watching on uh, YouTube? Oh god, I started to watch a load of video essay stuff. <gasps> <Yeah>. because, <laughs> because 
I needed, I needed something to like stimulate the brain. That is exactly why I watch them. Seriously, it feels mm-hmm. like, it feels like not like you're in a classroom, but just like you're there's some form of education going on yeah it's like it's like an intimate kind of lecture yeah and podcasts as well just anything that kind of like gets your brain going engaging Mm -hmm. your brain because like i said there's been a lot of watching and consuming this year sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice to consume whilst also being engaged you know oh yeah because you you can be you can like i think the thing is podcast blown up because you can be productive and also yeah. engaging in this this media yeah. i mean we've already admitted that this podcast is a product of the pandemic we oh, wanted to do yeah. it anyway but this kicked off oh, yeah but yeah truthfully i mean i'd like to think eventually we would have done it would we have done it this year no probably not no <laughs> <laughs> i i there's just something to be said for like these casual pieces of entertainment which are just made by someone that wants to have fun or educate and it's not like this mm-hmm. high budget thing it's so nice and refreshing and that's something i have loved about 2020 like the beginning of the pandemic everyone was making short films mm-hmm. and doing photography and art and it's just amazing because they can't rely on so much new media being released they're creating their own like mm-hmm. loads of like little youtube channels popped up this year that i've loved and have like grown loads um well, not just popped up this year, but, you know, grown an audience. So, like, mm-hmm. a few video essay channels I love have, like, really taken off. And, I don't know, it's just nice. Like, when you're home so much, because you're not necessarily having these engaging discussions with people, it was nice to, like, put on a video essay about, like, the 1939 Oscars and, like, mm-hmm. do your dishes. It, it's yep. just wholesome. It, it just it just passed the time but in a way that didn't feel like you were wasting your day and that you were actually like trapped inside exactly that was a trap well, yeah that's been a trap of the whole year it's feeling like you're wait you're wishing away time mm-hmm. i think that's that's the thing a lot of us suffered through and need to forgive ourselves for is that like so many people thought they were wasting time but in all honesty what else were we meant to do we yeah, were all doing yeah. the only thing we could do exactly like if you come out this year and say i watched some good shit or even like i just really enjoyed my chill time like that's fine it really is i um i went into the lockdown saying i'm gonna watch like a hundred films fuck off did Mm -hmm. i (laughs) like i did watch some things i'd been meaning to watch for a long time and Mm -hmm. i said to you earlier i managed to finally start watching more classics Mm -hmm. and world cinema so i found some of my new favorites of all time like in the mood for love and the apartment which i really enjoyed um but for the most part, I think it was just about chilling. This whole year has yeah. been. It's been nice. But this is but this is why, like we were talking about, a lot of people did just rewatch stuff mm-hmm. because there was no there was no commitment, there was no expectation. You could just enjoy it because you knew you were going to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. considering the shit show this year has been, of course we're going to watch and consume stuff we know that we're going to enjoy mm-hmm. like why waste your time on something you're not sure about yeah when like the outside world is so crappy right now you're hardly gonna yeah. take a bet on something you don't even know if you're gonna enjoy which is not to say you shouldn't watch any stuff at all but it's to say that rewatches are fine they always have been but especially this year i think one of the things that like didn't expect this episode to kind of be um but I think that the biggest thing people need to just take away from this year is to forgive themselves and realise mm. that a lot of people, you know, people are talking about how we're going to the new year, people are going to be talking about their accomplishments and things that they've done. And that is great. We should all support each other 100%. And I know it sounds super cheesy, but just making it to the end of this year and into the new one 
is a pretty big freaking accomplishment mm-hmm. because I know for a fact there were so many times during this year that like I was just like so so deep in a dark place that I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull myself out of it and I hadn't been that way since uni mm-hmm. and it was it was scary but I'd like to think that I have pulled myself out of it and that's enough for me and I was able to do it with these comfort shows and films and um all kinds of social media just like keeping me going <laughs> yeah yeah and I, yeah I agree with what you're saying like just just existing through this year has been a bit of a challenge in itself yeah so for, yeah for some people this this year has been um the either the excuse or the final kick to really get projects going or mm-hmm. things that they already had in place but if you're coming out of this year pretty much the same way you came into it that's also fine mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that like to be fair creatively I haven't done a lot of things this year but I've done little bits mm-hmm. and I think like those little bits have been enough like I've really started to get back into my writing we started doing this podcast yeah and then lay the foundation yeah. for the future even if it's just mm-hmm. tiny things exactly and they might feel tiny now but in the future you're gonna look back on them and think thank fuck I did that then exactly yeah. and also they feel tiny but if you look about where you were maybe at the beginning of this year they won't feel so tiny no, I agree. I think we, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of all the stuff we watched this oh, year because how would no. we? It's we been can't. a crazy amount. <laughs> yeah. If, if anything, I could end up talking about screen movies for ages because mm-hmm. we've watched them a few times this year and that's, they're like my ultimate comfort films. So I think that really mm-hmm. does sum up that this year has been about comfort, about being mm-hmm. easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think we could all take that into future years. Yeah yeah <laughs> just enjoy comfort stuff more like this sounds like so Not being so hard on yourself <laughs> no this sounds so serious but like mm-hmm. you know this is like the last episode of 2020 and i think every wrap-up thing of 2020 is probably going to end up a bit sure i think everybody's feeling the same way yeah and this like is ironic too. coming from two people who will obviously quite happily not happily but we'll admit that we're extremely hard on ourselves oh god yes like the amount of times we've had discussions about like you know doing the age-old thing of comparing ourselves to other people people that we know people that we don't know um and just kind of forgetting that you know what even though yeah it's been a shitty year even if it hadn't been (laughs) it's still okay to not have reached where you want to be yet yeah you know there isn't I think again there's I'm sure it's been said in loads of different medias but I think I read something ages ago that was like it's only ever too late when you're dead which sounds really depressing (laughs) but it's true there's there's no there's no time limit on anything like I constantly refer back to the list of people like um when they got their books first published yeah and it was like in their 40s their 50s their 60s there isn't um an expiration date on things like this like i think unfortunately i'm sure every generation has it but i think especially our generation was raised of the idea of doing stuff young makes it better makes headlines constantly and it's like yeah okay it is cool when a young person able to do this really awesome thing but you don't, yeah, you, you don't need to for it to be mm-hmm. a good thing or a groundbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. 
instead of thinking you have to constantly put have an output and put out this creative work it is okay to just sit down and rewatch your favorite film yeah which is all we've done yes exactly <laughs> like yeah we've worked on our projects that we're hoping to come to fruition mm-hmm. at some point in the next few years but you know especially doing this episode now i think we've both realized that we did take time away to just mm-hmm. binge watch or comfort watch yeah i think this year was weirdly we healthy for you and me and i reckon it has been for a lot of other people too i think so too whilst i think it dipped at a point during the year it mm. just came back up again yeah i think like being able to like look back on the year knowing everything that's happened with you know there is still uncertainty but more certainty than there was in march Mm-hmm. you know like it's it's we know what covid is now mm-hmm. and we know that like you know masks are a thing and certain precautions and you know all that jazz it's it it's easier to look back and be like yeah it was okay to not do much this year mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. well i feel like even though this went in a direction more a bit of a serious direction than i thought it was going to um i think that's pretty much it yeah I think it feels weird wrapping us up, knowing it's going to go up on New Year's Eve, like I to know, end and it's, the year. It's strange because we're going to be back next month. Mm. <laughs> but it is weird. I mean, technically, we've been doing this for a year now. Technically, even though we've only got five episodes out, we started doing this in the first lockdown. Yeah. So like nearly for this whole year, this has been a thing for us, which I think yeah. is kind of cool. Just it's thinking crazy about to think about it that way. Yeah, and we've done it all during lockdown. Like we haven't we haven't recorded any of these episodes together. <laughs> we've somehow managed to find a way to do it, even if it's not been perfect. We have invested in a mic on Sky's mm-hmm. end. We, oh God, yeah. <laughs> we have figured out the I don't know, the the shit fire that is recording on Zoom, even though it's not that hard really yeah well we think we have (laughs) you'll be able to tell us when this episode comes out (laughs) i i don't know just to end to end on this note i think i'm very proud of what we've done here and i'm just proud of i'm yeah (laughs) Yeah. that sounds very sentimental this feels like a goodbye knowing that we're like i said that we're posting this on new year's eve it's weird it kind of does even though yeah like i said we'll (laughs) we'll be back either fortunately (laughs) or unfortunately (laughs) we ain't going anywhere (laughs) i'm still struggling to know how to end these things and this one feels harder than most because usually we're talking about a film Mm -hmm. that's true Mm. um well we've got a lot of great content coming for you next year even though we don't have (laughs) any ideas we don't know anything (laughs) we just know it's gonna be good (laughs) still think we're gonna talk about old releases because the 2021 slate is not looking fab either Oh yeah, definitely. I think <laughs> next next year may feel like a lot like this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tis looking that way. Mm-hmm. That hasn't doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, I mean, it no, obviously not saying, is. Yeah. But let's stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least for the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. For one night, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll go out with a bang. As this is like being listened to, I think we'll both just be getting pissed and passing ourselves on the back for what a grand year of podcast making it's been definitely i'll be on new year's i'll be listening to this just nodding along with my own wisdom nodding along like so true queen yeah it's like oh my god yes (laughs) (laughs) playing it for everybody just like speakers in the street it's just like listen to this she's so right (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel awkward ending again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it just works fading out. We could I fade just... out to a countdown for the new year. We could do that thing. Like we could we could release it. Like if you start listening to White Noise episode five at this time, you'll enter the new year. You fucking genius. It would be a great way to start the new year.